This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed. And hello, America. Welcome to another edition of Greg's List Live, your home for serious journalism only on America's WebRadio.com. Monsoon season is over, David. The prodigal son is back. I can see a little pep in your step. You didn't have to take the boat or the canoe into the the old office today. And i got to give credit to the folks in Sandy Springs who have finally fixed that North Ridge exit. I got here eight minutes early because of that and due to the dry weather, but... Uh, I don't know what what did you what have you been doing the past fortnight while the uh, the rains have have come down in Africa. I've been uh, stocking my pond in the backyard. I didn't know I had one until <laughs> I kept seeing whales jumping out of it. And um, no, that was Michael Moore. Uh, oh uh, yeah, in my backyard he would have been shot. Uh, no, it's uh, it's I. Got a lot of water in my backyard. It, I've never seen it like that. Oh, really? Just, it, it, we've, it, I've had over nine inches of rain huh. in uh, the past two weeks. Okay, that's crazy. So, yeah. And, so you uh, do have some little, some little koi pond going on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, so anyway. Uh, it's it's been interesting. You know, we got a lot of. Um, the big debate's coming up tonight. You going to yep. stay up and watch? Another debate. I've been live tweeting them, having a great time doing it. This debate's come up pretty quick because we had one on October 28th. I was with the Atlanta Journal's uh, conservative columnist, Kyle Wingfield, and we were live tweeting that debate. And that was obviously the MSNBC debacle. And, um, you know, I when I went back and watched it, I was in a really crowdy, uh, crowded, boisterous room. I went back and I watched it. It wasn't... As bad, I guess, as I first thought, but um, it, it clearly was uh, a case where the the moderators were out with gotcha questions. You would expect CNBC to to at least have some kind of focus on economics and not necessarily the personal attacks. But I I didn't see much of that when I rewatched it. I, I still didn't see much of that, and I think that's what the American people want to talk about. And now that this um, this is Fox Business Network, they've whittled it down to eight candidates. I think we should be able to, to hear some pretty good, compelling stuff tonight, and it shouldn't be so uh, antagonistic uh, as we've seen before, and I'm really curious to see how Ben Carson does tonight. David, I did want to say on uh, Friday I fell victim to a, uh, a salacious headline from Politico, like many people. Uh, I read the story. I didn't just post off the headline. I read and dig, dug deeper into the story, and it seems that uh, Politico pretty much put out a hit piece, didn't really apologize for it, later changed everything and retracted a little bit of it, but it was against Dr. Ben Carson, and it uh, was in regards to a West Point scholarship. And there's a lot of uh, uncertainty. This this happened almost 40 years ago. The event with it, Dr. Carson was referring to in his book, Gifted Hands. And uh, you know, unlike many news people, when I when I jumped to a conclusion and wrote something negative about it, I I basically theorized that if this was true, that it would doom his campaign, just because the military. Republicans by far respect the military far more than the Democrats do. And anything that where you would be doing stolen valor or a false flat or a false um, representation of military service, I think would be looked heavily down upon by Republicans. It turns out that that story seems like it was completely made up by people that don't like the fact that Ben Carson doesn't fit the liberal idea of what a black person should uh, emulate. Politically, 
And I think we can say clearly that Politico has egg on their face, and they should be embarrassed, and nobody should ever look at their website again. <laughs> now, you were in the military, David. You probably saw what uh, when that story first came out. What was your reaction? Did you read further? Did you dig deeper? Did you say, this is a bunch of crap? Or, or what, what, what went through your mind initially? Well, you know, I guess my first knee-jerk was that, uh, you know, this, this could be very bad mm-hmm. if it's true. Uh, and then, you know, taking just a little time to start reasoning, this this gentleman, we all have passed, you know. Uh, by all fairness, I probably shouldn't be here today. I pulled enough stunts uh, in high school that, uh, you know, certainly was put in a, in a couple of positions. And that, you're a pilot uh, as yeah. well. <laughs> so anyway, um, so you take a look at what he has accomplished and, you know, this book was written many years ago. There may have been some exaggerations. There may have been some not non-exaggerations, some misunderstandings, some mis- misinterpretations. Um, you know, a lot of things uh, could be said, but the, the facts are the guy was brilliant coming out of high school. He was recognized as being brilliant. Uh, he didn't exactly go to a schlocky university as it is. He went to three of them that I think were yeah. pretty highly regarded. <laughs> and you don't, other than being uh, paid for by Saudi Arabia like Obama, you don't just walk into Harvard or Yale or any of the other places. Columbia. Or, or where, Columbia. Where, uh, Bill Ayers uh, gets you a scholarship. Without, uh, you know, without some smarts. And then you go a step further and look what he's done over the past 20, 30 years right. as a doctor. Yeah, and you know, I think what he has done speaks for itself, and um, I I don't want I'll be the first to say I don't want another liar in the White House. But was he or is he a liar? I I don't feel like I think miss uh, I don't want to say misrepresentation miss. Uh, Wording might be a better way to uh-huh. explain it. And, you know, l- let me ask you this. Are you perfect? Not not lately. Not lately? <laughs> when I was oh. born, my mom says I was born perfect. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'd go along with that. <laughs> but it's been um, 39.8 but I, years. You know, I... I, uh, I th- my jury is still out on all of them, quite frankly. Uh-huh. Um I do have a couple of exceptions, and then at the same token, uh, you know, I think Trump was making a big deal out of uh, out of Rubio's uh, credit card yeah. situation. Again, another thing that was from the state part, Republican yeah. Party of Florida, and I mean, you know, they're they're really having to go to a lot of extremes yeah. to, to find nitpicky things. And right? I can show you a hell of a lot more on Obama and Hillary. Yeah, uh, on know, any of the Hillary has boldface lies that are documented now. Yeah, I saw a funny uh, cartoon. It was a political cartoon, and it had you know basically bodies in a dumpster with Hillary Clinton's name on it, and then uh, had like a guy with a microscope and a magnifying glass looking for stuff in Dr. Carson's trash. Yeah. So it was pointing out that oh, we're going to ignore this. 
this this pile of refuse that is Hillary Rodham Clinton, and we're going to ex- you know excoriate every detail of Ben Carson's life. I I guess what happened, uh, you know, I I read the headline um, uh, on Friday, read the article, found it uh, that it would be very troubling uh, for Ben Carson, and I mentioned something that his book Gifted Hands would now be in the fiction section next to Obama's Dreams of My Father. Pretty funny line. I'm still trying to hit Obama. But again, I uh, I, I take it back. I've deleted my... Um, uh, my social media posts on the matter entirely because I think by even questioning it, you, you help f- create the narrative that the, the left wants you to do. So whether or not Dr. Carson said some, some things that uh, maybe aren't 100% accurate or his ghostwriter might have misinterpreted, they aren't completely false. They weren't written because he was running for president. This this book was written twenty years ago or something. A long like further that. than that. A 40, long time. And, I mean, ago, he, I the doctor Carson never had, didn't have an inkling to run for president until the uh, that uh, the prayer breakfast where Obama was sitting next to him. And I mean, who wouldn't take the opportunity to take a couple shots at the president when you're there for thirty minutes, being able to talk down to him? That was uh, an amazing opportunity. You know, the other thing, and 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 I'm, I don't want to take up for him, and I don't want that term to be used, mm-hmm. nor would anybody care whether I did or not, but, uh, you know, back then, back in Vietnam era, and that's when this was, in the, as I understand it approximately, uh, Westmoreland was back from Vietnam and had been uh, the commander, commandant of uh, West Point, I guess, at the time or at some point. You take a situation where you have an extremely bright black young man Mm -hmm. and I I would venture to say there was more than one recruiter going after him and I put recruiter in quotes whether it was the vice president of a school or the president of the school or the the commandant or or you know whatever you've got people Wanting somebody like Ben Carson to come, please be in our school. In fact, if you'll come be in our school, I'll give you a scholarship, right. or, or I'll, you know, I'll see. And that's what they would have been called colloquial. I mean, I understand they had the some uh, the in the political well, piece to add a little bit to their story. They had some West Point experts saying, "Well, wait, they're not even scholarships. Everybody gets a scholarship to West Point. It's it's uh, completely funded by the taxpayer." Me and, and you and call yet, that a scholarship, and right? yet it's not free, right? Because if you sign up to go to West Point, you're signing up to go into the military. That's yeah, a four-year commitment, yeah. I believe. Right. So, you know, I I think it's like a lot of things that the Democrats do, and when and like anybody does. When you ain't got something, you nitpick until you can hopefully have something, yep. and then you, you blast it out for whatever it's worth. Right. And I think this is what uh, – and I, I – I haven't seen it all. I was extremely busy this past weekend. Bailing, bailing the, out water from your garden. Bailing out water from my <laughs> garden, yeah. Well, I was playing in my galoshers, if you really want to know the truth. But anyway, um, from what I saw, the clippets that I saw, I thought Carson did a good job of answering them yeah. and uh, basically telling them to stick it. Well, I enjoyed the press conference. Um, again, I... I the posts that I made, they, well, you know, whenever breaking news comes out, you have to trust some of 
some journalistic integrity. So, uh, you know, when you analyze things and something like that, the West Point, that if it had been true and it was completely fabricated, I do think it would have doomed Ben Carson sooner rather than later, and that 25% of support that he's polling with would have been up for grabs. I think he's actually retrenched himself with it because of the, the press conference he had the other night where he pointed out the myriad Obama lies and why people didn't care about Obama and Frank Marshall Davis or Obama and Bill Ayers and all these other, you know, sordid relationships that are well documented in Obama's past. We They kind of n- neglected to, to follow up on those, didn't they? Uh-huh. So we are seeing a double standard today. Uh, I'm excited. I've got Chuck Payne, who just took on a new position with uh, Dr. Ben Carson's campaign. He'll be joining us at about 2.15 to talk about his new role. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what Dr. Carson does at the um, what we're hoping is an economic debate tonight, something that I would think would be a weakness of his. But I saw him on... Um, uh, some talk show last night, it might have been Hannity, uh, just briefly uh, skimming through, and he did pretty well, just uh, you know, on glazing over economics. Let me, we only have a minute to go before yeah. the break, but I want to ask you, and I've, I've thought about this a lot today, if you were to ask me what I would do about the economy, I, I've got an answer to it now. What would you do? Just in, in uh, as what, short I mean, a time as you can. It, no, it, what would I do? I would um, about the economy. Uh, just to immediately fix things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it, it, just one fix. I would, I would cut the corporate income tax to twenty five percent. Okay. And you just asked me the same question, yeah. so I'm going to. What would you do? <laughs> what would you do, Dick? The first thing that this new president, and hopefully it'll be a Republican, has to do, he ain't going to do nothing until he meets with Congress and says, boys, we're going to have a different football game here from now on. (laughs) You're going to get along with me, I'm going to get along with you, and we're going to fix the economy. We're going to fix the military. We're going to fix Obamacare. We're going to fix whatever needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. So my answer is the first thing I'd do is I would meet, I would have a come-to-Jesus meeting with Congress. Because you ain't going to do anything. I don't care how good a plan you got. You're not going to do anything if you don't without, have... Without them buying yeah. it. And with uh, if a Republican wins the presidency, it's a safe bet that they're going to control the Senate and the House of Representatives. Anyway, that's our cue to take our first break back with Chuck Payne, the uh, Whitfield County Republican chair as of earlier this morning, taking on a new role with Dr. Carson's campaign. We'll be back with him in a couple minutes on Greg's List. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. 
Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and medical director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. You're listening to America's Webradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Greg's List, the home of serious journalism, only on America's Webradio.com. And, uh, Man, it's uh, it's a fourth debate coming up tonight on uh, Fox Business Network. This should probably be the friendliest debate uh, or also known as the one where they'll actually be able to talk about policy. This will be the second friendliest debate besides the CNN cheerleaders for the Democrats, which was uh, a few weeks ago in early October. But uh, join us right now. I'm excited about uh, a friend of mine who's taken on a new role. Chuck Payne had been the... Uh, the GOP county chair for Whitfield County up in Dalton, Georgia, one of the most Republican slash conservative places in the state of Georgia. And uh, Chuck has taken on a new leadership role with Dr. Ben Carson's campaign, and it just kind of manifested today that I was able to uh, contact him and get him on. And, Chuck, I wanted to welcome you to the show, and uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Greg. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, I, uh, you know, obviously the social media world keeps us up to date on on many things and saw that you had done a a transition today. And tell us about the new role with uh, Dr. Carson's campaign in Georgia. Well, several weeks ago, I was just conversing with my wife and just wrestling with the idea for several weeks and and in prayer and thinking about what I needed to do and just I, I know with being chairman you have to stay above the fray and stay out, stay out of the primary campaigns and I just felt this is something I was compelled to do and so I reached out to the Carson campaign and they've asked me to come on and be their regional director for North Georgia and I'll have uh, looks like at this point we're not real sure yet but it looks like I'll have the counties in the Georgia 14th and as well as many of the counties of the Georgia 9th and maybe going into some of those northern counties of Atlanta. That's exciting stuff. Well, congratulations on that. They uh, they made a great choice. And uh, as you mentioned, when when you are running uh, the chair of a county party, you do kind of have to, you can't really endorse. You have to stay above the fray. And uh, you, you can't have any fun. I mean, <laughs> but uh, I'm just kidding. Right. It, it was, uh, you know, you, you did a great job. I went to several of the events that you guys uh, coordinated up there up in Dalton. And I think you even went down to Bartow uh, a few times for, for some of your events. Bartow's a county about 35 to 45 miles northwest of uh, Atlanta, considered part of Metro Atlanta, and they, that might have been one of the metro counties you were referring to with uh, the new uh, job with Ben, ben Carson, right? Yes, sir. Um, it's, uh, like I said, I just, I, I'm looking forward to the opportunity, and like I said, I just feel like this is this is where I was basically cutting my teeth in politics, and I've always told people I'm not, I've never going to be the, the lead horse, but I'm always going to be, the, I've always been a grunt. <laughs> in politics and so that's where my strong suit is and that's what i've always done is just get out and 
rattle fences and work and do the, the stuff behind the scenes that nobody ever sees or hears of, and that's what I plan to do for Dr. Carson. Well, and uh, again, I uh, let off the show. Um, I, I don't really retract anything, but uh, I, I will say that I did, like a lot of folks, jump to um, a conclusion after reading this salacious headline and, and reading the article on Politico, which has since been basically retracted from them. I, uh, as somebody that analyzes politics, I, I did point out that if that was true, that that would really doom his candidacy. But it turns out that it was completely untrue, completely fabricated, and uh, I believe Dr. Carson came back and retrenched himself with that press conference. Um, tell me about uh, some of his uh, characteristics and aspects that uh, made you want to want to work for his campaign. Well, like I said, I just I've looked at I'm a, I'm a numbers guy, and so I've looked at the numbers for the state of Georgia and looked at polling data for the state of Georgia. And going back to the David Perdue campaign for U.S. Senate, I just realized that you know where the Georgia voters are, the Republican voters and the primary voters of Georgia are. Um, I don't know if it's a complete anti-incumbent, but they're looking for a new direction and outsiders. And I just, you know, and I understand that, but I'm also, you know, I wrestled with the idea that I've always for presidential campaigns. I've always looked for governors just for the pure experience that governors have. And so realizing that really in Georgia, none of the other host cancer is not getting any traction. And so I just, like I said, in going back to Purdue's campaign, I just think Georgia voters are going to be looking for a different direction. And I think that Georgia, based on my my best calculations, I think Georgia's going to come down between Dr. Carson and possibly Donald Trump. And so I just, from that standpoint, I decided, you know, I've got to get involved. And so that's why I just kind of made a reached out to the Carson campaign and and like I said, I talked to several of my that money for years, and they came and gave me their insight and their best judgment. And so I finally came to the conclusion of making my decision, and this is what I'm going to do. Well, that's exciting stuff. And, that you know, that's a little bit of what... Uh what I got into as well, you sometimes you do have to end up picking a horse. And uh, as long as you, you were uh, honest with people and, and you explain the, the good parts about your candidate and, and don't go too negative, I think people are going to respect decisions. It's um, And, and for you to, to join Carson's campaign, I think that's a, a natural fit, uh, knowing you for the past few years and um, knowing about uh, uh, Ben Carson's deep uh, religious convictions as well. And uh, what are you thinking of? Uh, what are you thinking about tonight? Um, I I personally think you know Dr. Carson has been a little weak on economics. What do you? What's your forecast for for this evening when he's one of eight up there with Fox Business? Where I I think you know th- there's a really good chance that it's going to be a a, a positive substantive debate tonight. Uh, do you think he's going to be w- well prepared t- this evening? I think he's going to be very well prepared because just like. Um I, I told my wife a few weeks ago, we're sitting there watching something, and she got on the foreign policy. And I just sat there in awe thinking, this man is so intelligent. He is really doing his homework, and it shows. And so I'm sure that he is, when he's not out in front of people, he's probably studying policies and everything else, you know, to, make, to come to his conclusions. And, I, you know, like I said, he is a conservative by every sense of the word that I've seen and heard and read of him and studied. And so I'm, I'm very well, I'm very con- confident he's going to do very well tonight. 
Yeah, and his fundraising totals have been outstanding. I, um, I'm on, as it happens, on a few Republican uh, calling lists, and his campaign has by far been the most uh, uh, aggressive, I guess, about actually calling and not doing robocalls. So I think that they've got a, a pretty good machine in place. And, uh, again, he was able to recover from uh, Friday's attack very well, and I think he actually turned it into a fundraising opportunity. I was very proud of him the way he handled the uh, the press conference and the leftist media uh, the other night. So do you think – what is his? What do you think his biggest positive besides the outsider and the uh, the, the the lack of um, uh, pol- political experience? Which again, many of us think that's actually a boon these days. Besides that, what would you say his best uh, asset is? Well, I think the biggest attribute is he is he is who he is, and he's a man of conviction. I mean, I've told like I've told several people, we would not know who Don uh, who Doctor Carson is if it weren't for him standing up for his convictions with the President of the United States that took feet from him. And he did that not for any political reasons or any political posturing. He did that simply because he wanted to assert principle where principle needed to be asserted. And I just believe that he's going to do that as President of the United States. He will basically stand up and do what he knows and believes to be right and not for political gain, not for political purposes. And, you know, and that's what we need to get back to in this country i just per- firmly believe personally because you know everything even with a lot of republican politics has just gotten to be where it seems a lot of people are sticking their finger in, in the wind to see which way the wind's blowing decide what they believe and i just have a man of conviction who you don't have to question what he believes that you know that's something that really inspires me right and uh you know obviously his trustworthiness and honesty is uh his biggest attribute as far as uh if you look at the polls and i believe that's why he is doing so well either first or second place pretty much in every uh state and national poll and he's uh showed uh remarkable staying power and for getting well even in even in northwest georgia he's also you know um for the last quarter i mean i think first part of the quarter um Jeb Bush was doing well in Northwest Georgia as far as fundraising, but at, by the end of the quarter, Dr. Carson was right on his heels for the total raised by the corporate and Dr. Carson in the second half of the financial quarter. So I mean, to, so there's all the money's going behind him right now in Northwest Georgia. So I think that, and that's where I'm at in Dalton. So I, mean, I just believe that you know that's not that's probably very commonplace for all of at least all of North Georgia. I mean, so I just think that we can uh, really kind of get a consensus and come to the point of just trying to build a team around him. And the one thing I'm inspired about is this campaign is running a little bit differently than most campaigns we've run on because, as you mentioned about the robocalls, they want this to be a a personal connection, people connecting with people rather than, and their neighbors, rather than just, you know, the old standard of getting out the vote of the political apparatus. They want this to be a personal endeavor for people who believe on them and to get involved. And so just, you know, it's more personal and people are going to be out working for what they believe rather than just, you know, for political purposes. 
Well, well, that's exciting stuff. And like I said, I, I can personally attest to the fact that uh, his team is actually making the phone calls. And uh, I always listen to him and say hi. And uh, it does seem like his uh, supporters are very th- enthusiastic. And if it's a, a viral campaign, uh, it's, it can be something new and it's something that's never really been done. Because as, as we all know, Dr. Carson has never run for any political office before. So why not run for the biggest one in the land, right? <laughs> Well, I think you'll do well. I said I think that it's just a uh, it's a new time and a new era in, in the in our country. And I said, you know, but the stakes have never been greater. Well, and so I think that you know, and to have somebody who's so grounded in their conviction, I think that that's just to me personally, that's just the way we need to go. And if, if I didn't believe that way, I wouldn't be volunteering my efforts for the next six months to be out. Well, like I said. They made a great decision getting you on their team, and I'm sure some of the other campaigns are wishing they uh, they had been able to get you on there. Chuck Payne, former uh, former. That sounds weird saying that because uh, you, you've, you've done so well. It'll be as of tonight. I'll be formally announcing my my resignation tonight at our meeting at 7 p.m. All right. Well, anyway, you did a great job with that. I'm sure big things are, are ahead for you and Dr. Carson's campaign. Chuck Payne, Dalton, Georgia, now uh, one of the grassroots leaders for Dr. Ben Carson's presidential com- campaign in Georgia. And uh, appreciate you calling in, Chuck. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Greg. All right. And we'll be back in a couple of minutes with Louie Hunter. We're going to be bouncing around to another candidate that has been doing an, uh, a really good job with a campaign and who's also been able to attract some really good grassroots leaders uh, from Georgia. And, in fact, most of the uh, Scott Walker leadership team, when Scott Walker resigned, went over to Ted Cruz's team. So he immediately inherited a lot of talent there. Back in a couple minutes on Greg's List. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not... You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. 
You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism, only on AmericasWebRadio.com. We uh, just spoke with Chuck Payne with uh, Ben Carson's presidential campaign and uh, sticking with the theme of presidential campaigns. Our friend Louis Hunter is on. Louis, last time we had you on, we were talking about the uh, article you had written about ending the Electoral College. And today we're going to be talking about your your role as a, a team leader here in Georgia for Ted Cruz. Welcome back to the show. How are you, man? I'm doing good, Greg. Uh, if I may correct you just a little bit, we're just trying to reform the Electoral College, but I'm glad to be back. It's been a while, but uh, we, you and I continue to bump into each other in uh, a lot of circles. Glad to be back. Yep. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, 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 we had a 15-minute segment on that. I apologize for uh, having a hazy Dr. Carson-esque memory, I guess. <laughs> Not a problem, I'm just... sir. I just want to be sure we, uh, <laughs> those that are listening, hear it correctly. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. We, uh, we'll have to go back to the... Uh, the annals of, of history to listen to that one again. But let's talk about present-day events. Let's talk about the current day. Let's talk about Ted Cruz. First of all, uh, Louie, Rachel, and Julianne were part of the leadership team with Scott Walker, which I was on t- uh, that team for a while. I still haven't picked a new horse yet, but uh, y'all were uh, quickly snapped up by the Ted Cruz team, and uh, I, I gotta say, I, I say this at all the events I speak at, that I think Ted Cruz is running the best campaign so far. That doesn't mean he's my top choice. That doesn't mean I think he's going to win. What it means is he is doing what is needed to be done to win. And by picking off delegates and setting up a Southern strategy, uh, I just think he's, he's running a genius campaign. Uh, is that what, uh, what attracted you guys to him once when, uh, or I, I guess it'll just speak for yourself, but uh, once Scott Walker left the field, uh, you know, you were uh, snapped up pretty quick, it seemed like. Well, we got called. I got a call um, the day that uh, Governor Walker um, made his announcement. Um, I think it was being reported pretty much most of the afternoon that that he was going to drop within the next 24 hours. And all of a sudden, we got a call from uh, from one of the campaign staff that said, you know, he's he's dropping at five today. And that word got out. Um, very quickly and within a <laughs> within the hour uh senator cruz's father rafael called and uh he was uh he's a, he is a very personable uh just a super guy and was uh was kind enough to tell us um to tell me how honored they would be to have uh have me join the team i have connections with with his team and certainly i um uh, I had two really great folks, Julianne Thompson and Rachel Little, that uh, got on the phone with, and I said, "I just just feels like this is the the place we need to land because he's um, he's a constitutionalist. He's probably the only true conservative in the uh, in the race at this point, and it just felt right. And uh, it didn't take but just a few minutes, uh, I guess, by by late that evening." Um, you know, we all decided that it was it was a good thing to go in mass. So we went, and the rest is history. We've been uh, working hard, and and uh, you know, you're right. He's running a great campaign. He has the best um, the best ground game in Georgia of any candidate. He's got the best ratio of large donors to small donors of anybody uh, in the race. Um, we're fine with with letting Carson and Trump, you know shoot at each other at the top because uh, 
that's a hard spot to to uh, maintain for a long period of time, and we've still got a ways to go before Iowa and certainly before Georgia. So uh, we're excited. It's very good. He's creeping up in the polls, and it would sure seem that if the Carson and Trump folks who consider themselves looking for an outside candidate decide that those are not their guys, um, you know, Ted Cruz has got the uh, conservative outsider credentials he's been fighting the establishment uh from the minute he set foot in uh, in the senate so we're very excited about it yeah i was going to say cruz seems to be uh certainly a second choice from uh trump supporters um and uh, i think he's really kind of replaced the uh, uh where, uh the position that mike huckabee had uh during the past couple cycles and um you know obviously at the debates he's he's really picked up the pace and he's looked like a unifier at the debates he picked up a lot of uh of steam a couple weeks ago and what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of the lower tier candidates dropping out uh three of them were left out of the fox business thing completely and then christy and uh i think somebody else was that had been on the main stage is now relegated to the uh, the pre-debate so we are seeing uh support whittling down and really consolidating and a lot of people say trump carson Rubio and Cruz are pretty much the the top four, and some prognosticating that they'll be the final four, which I think it's way too early. I think I I I, I still think either Carson or Trump, one of them will will not be in this conversation three months from now. I and it's hard to pick which one. I really it's a coin flip now. But uh, how do you see it uh, breaking down like uh, right now? Well, I uh, I have to laugh when when I get asked the opinion. I actually heard Newt Gingrich speak uh, a couple weeks ago at um, at a Fulton County Republican breakfast, and mm-hmm. he said, uh, you know, people ask me, what do you think? Uh, how's this thing going to shake out? And he said, if you'd asked me in January um, what I thought, and I had said, well, uh, Donald Trump and Dr. Ben Carson will be one and two in October, November, you'd have thought I was crazy, and everybody kind of laughed. And he said. <laughs> So why would you think I know what I'm talking about now? And uh, and honestly, I think most everybody who's been in and around politics for a long period of time would look at this and just go, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> I, I don't think either one of them are um, are right for the job, or obviously I'd be working uh, in their uh, their campaign. But um, it's it's a toss up. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, there is no conventional wisdom that you can apply to this thing, but. But what I do know is that when it comes to the issues, no one has been more clear and more conservative uh, than Ted Cruz. He is um, he has run, you know, uh, on the right side of of all the big issues: gay marriage, abortion, taxes. You know, uh, Immig- calling Israel a friend, making them feel like a friend, uh, immigration, Iran. I mean, all these things. And and I loved his answer. Um, uh, on uh, what he would do, how he would handle the Islamic State, he was very quick. He said, "I'd kill them all," <laughs> and and we need that kind of strong leadership, that kind of backbone that knows what the issue is and 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 is very clear minded. That was the thing Ronald Reagan had was he had that internal compass and he knew what was right and he never wavered from that. He did what he had to do to move the ball, but. Um, um, in the end, his uh, his end game was were the goals that he set for himself as president, and I think that's what Ted Cruz would do too. Yeah, and uh, one of his um, he, he, you know biggest uh, 
uh, I guess, advantages is he does have uh, his father traveling around campaigning for him, his wife Heidi. Uh, Rafael Cruz has been here in Georgia several times for events. Heidi's now on a tour of the state. Uh, it seems like they are making Georgia uh, kind of a line in the sand, and um, that's what's exciting to me is that by having our primary on March 1st in Georgia is not a, a winner-take-all state, that somebody like Ted Cruz is basically going around the South and going around to, to, to friendlier states than maybe in Northeast. You know, I don't know how Ted's going to do up in New Hampshire. I think he's going to do real well in South Carolina. I think he's going to do real well in the rest of the South. And that's part of the strategy that his campaign has put together that's so impressive to me. Yeah, his strategy has been, uh, you know, to kind of plant the flag in the South from day one. Um, if he dominates Georgia and picks up uh, the number of, of uh votes that we think he will hear, and clearly he's going to take Texas, um, you know, that puts him way down the road toward uh, toward the nomination. It is going to be uh, kind of a screwy situation this year because there, I think there are only four winner-take-all states in the primaries. <laughs> and um, I talked with someone with the uh, that's on the committee level at the, at the RNC the other day, and they said there's about a one-in-three chance that we could have a brokered convention. <laughs> and... Um, that's a free for all. It'll be very interesting to see how it plays out between now and then. But if we, um, if we're, uh, if we're fortunate enough to, to run our game in in the South, I think Senator Cruz comes out on top. And uh, as these other folks fall off, they clearly are not going for Carson or Trump. Um, you know, at the at the top of the ticket, or they'd be there already. So we we think they've got to come to. We they they've got nowhere to go but to us because of the the conservative nature of Senator Cruz and the fights that he has fought um, are are substantial. He's he's not just you know a new guy up there uh, community organizer with no experience. He has really fought some seriously big battles and uh, and continues to win. So we're very confident that uh, that going forward he's gonna. He's going to place, going to be the right horse. Yeah, well, in his history, uh, his resume is far thicker than just a couple years in the U.S. Senate. He'd been the Solicitor General in Texas for a long time. I would, and what's, uh, I don't know his background 100%. Um, it's, uh, I know more about it than I know about Obama's background, because nobody knows about Obama's background. But uh, what, uh, what are some of uh, Ted Cruz's other experience items that, uh, that you think make him uh, or prepare him for the job? Well, um, you know, it's like you say, it was really tough to to uh to point back to uh, Obama's uh experience because he really had none. He he came through the ranks so quickly and uh you know, that that left most of America wondering what he could do and I think we've seen what happens when you have someone with no understanding of how the system works uh and, and what a mess they can make of things. Senator Cruz has done a great job, um, probably from from what Georgians um, care about most, um, he was involved in, in the religious liberty fight that involved uh, Hobby Lobby and the Conestoga Wood specialties um, fighting uh, Obamacare's contraception mandate. That was huge. And, uh, you know, uh, when you can say you fought that fight and won it, that's, that's a big deal. That certainly um, is. He was involved in several cases uh, with the Supreme Court, um, uh, to be sure that the words uh, under God in the Pledge of Allegiance were preserved. Um, he, he kept under God in the Texas Pledge of Allegiance and the Texas schools moment of silence. I mean, he's, he's done things that, um, 
you know, that, that leave a trail behind that you can go back and look and say, how's this guy going to fight for us? And, and, you know, what's the picture going to look like when he's in the White House? And uh, uh, there's a clear uh, understanding of the Constitution. There's a clear articulation of his uh, viewpoints on it. Clearly, he can he can sit in front of uh, the highest courts in the land and make the point um, based on his knowledge of the Constitution. Uh, you know, there was a point in, in Houston where they were really pushing um, uh, the, the pastors and the churches in Houston, uh, trying to force them to give copies of their sermons. Right, yeah, I remember that and he uh, he worked on that and uh, and won that fight. So as as, as a as a, uh, a, a somebody in the the law profession would say, the evidence is with him, huh? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I mean you 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 can only judge somebody on on their actions really when they're uh, hopefully. Uh, I mean we elected a president twice uh, in in Obama who, right. who had no record and um, no record at first and a bad record the second yep. time and and. Uh, we're hopeful that America looks around and goes, we need somebody that, that understands the solid foundation of the Constitution that puts us back on the path to uh, to economic growth uh, in America. And, and it is so clear when there is not a strong America um, in, in, in play in the uh, foreign affairs, gotcha. the place goes to heck in a handbasket. Yeah. Louis, can you uh, hold on? Louis, can, Louis, can I, let me uh, take our final break here, and if you've got a couple minutes on the other side of it, I wanted to ask a little bit about um, a couple other items with Ted Cruz. So if you can hold on a couple minutes, we'll be right back with uh, the, the final segment on Greg's List. I'm Pat Rulo, hostess of Speak Up and Stay Alive, Patient Safety Radio, heard on America's Web Radio every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Now you and your loved ones can stay safe from little-known health care and hospital hazards. Join me Thursdays at 9 a.m. or listen to my podcasts on americaswebradio.com. For more information, visit speakupandstayalive.com. Do you have problems with sinus pain and pressure? Do other people smell things that you don't? Have you lost the joy in eating because food just doesn't taste like it used to? Is your nose always stuffy, no matter what you do? Maybe you have sinus or nasal polyps. These are generally benign growths that occur from chronic sinus infection or allergies that are either undertreated or have not been treated at all. At Peachtree ENT Center, we specialize in minimally invasive balloon dilation sinus surgery and correction of a deviated nasal septum and turbinate reduction surgery that can be done in the office. We use a state-of-the-art equipment so that you can see the problem. You will be a partner in your care, and together we will decide the course of treatment. We believe in old-fashioned medicine, where we take the time to fix the problem, not just medicate the symptoms. You can rest assured that all options will be offered before surgery is recommended, because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. 
And welcome back to Greg's Just Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's AmericasWebRadio.com. Wrapping up a great show today. We've got Louie Hunter on here from the Ted Cruz team in the state of Georgia and uh, the national presidential campaign. Uh, Louie, tonight is a debate on Fox Business Network. Um, I would say that this is um, building up to be at least the friendliest uh, Republican debate so far as, as them being able to talk about real policies and hopefully the economic policies that that uh, Americans will tune in to see who has the best plan. Uh, Ted Cruz, I, uh, I don't know much about his economic plans. Um, again, there's been so many candidates, I've been kind of uh, watching it from a distance. But uh, can you d- briefly describe kind of what Ted's vision for a uh, more prosperous America is? Yeah, I think it. Uh, you know, it's it's very clear that Ted is is somebody that uh, understands the the road that got us to where we are as being the greatest nation ever on on uh, the planet. Um, first thing he wants to do is is repeal uh, every single word of Obamacare. Um, you know, that is that is a cornerstone of of what he wants to accomplish in the first hundred days in office. Um, and along with that, he wants to, you know, to be sure that health care remains between, uh, you know, me and my doctor and not some government entity telling me when and how much or some insurance company telling me when and how much I can uh, I can go to the doctor or what I need or who will pay for it. Um, he wants to energize America by um, uh, igniting the energy sector again we have uh we have once again succumbed to the pressure of of the middle east and the problems going on over there we've let them flood the market with cheap oil and and um you know he wants to see the fracking industry come back and and make america energy independent so that we can uh we can help our friends out in europe that are that are under the thumb of putin and and uh his control of resources that that keep them from being a stronger force um you know, he is a, a strong proponent of the uh, First and Second Amendment. Um, he wants to defeat radical Islamic terrorism, uh, lower regulations. Uh, it's the perfect conservative message when you look at it. He understands that, that, you know, we got where we are by letting the Americans make, by letting Americans make their own decisions and, and being individuals and take risks and, and small business will come uh, thriving back if we just get the government up off their backs uh, through the heavy regulations. Uh, America's ready to explode in, in the right way, and uh, Ted Cruz is the guy that can, can uh, you know, run that horse to the finish line. We're very sure of that. Right. Well, Annie, Louie Hunter, I really appreciate you taking the, uh, the time out to call today. While we were on the call, I actually got a uh, an email from uh, Stephen So or Sal, the Georgia State Director for Cruz for President. Uh, am I saying his? Have you met him? Am I saying his last name right? Uh, yes, I think so. <laughs> I deal with I deal with someone different than that out in okay. Texas. Uh, David Sawyer is my main contact there. Gotcha. Yeah. So Heidi will be in Georgia next week. Ted Cruz's wife doing a tour of the entire state, and that's what I'm talking about, folks. Is Ted Cruz is running the smartest campaign so far, and uh, this is just more evidence. Check it out on uh, his website. But uh, his wife will be here. Uh, looks like pretty much all next week. And uh, Louie and Rachel and Julie. And congrats uh, on the great work you're doing. Uh, we, we miss you with Scott Walker's team, but uh, uh, Ted Cruz has certainly picked up some of the uh, most talented uh, activists in the state of Georgia. 
Well, thanks. Uh, it's good to be here, Greg, and uh, anything we can do to help you, let us know, man. I will. We'll look forward to seeing uh, Ted and others shine tonight on the uh, Fox Business Network. Thank you, Louie Hunter. Appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. Talk right, to you soon. Thanks, man. All right. Well, I uh, got a couple of, um, of, of really interesting uh, candidates in the Republican field today. A um, little bit of a surprise with uh, Ben Carson uh, holding a very strong first or second place finish, depending on which poll you read. And Carson is doing well in individual states, uh, particularly Iowa, and he's doing well in Georgia. And we also talked to uh, Ted Cruz's folks, and Ted Cruz is seeing a a real resurgence. I had always had him kind of a third or fourth place uh, dark horse candidate, and we are now seeing him um, quickly rise. And I do think he will be in a big-time position, big-time opportunity to take a lot of the support um, from either Trump or Carson or both. Um, again, if you, if you look back through history, uh, I believe Rudy Giuliani was leading at this point back in 2008 in the Republican field, and Herman Cain was leading back in 2012 when basically a new Republican took the uh, reins every three weeks in that disheveled race. Uh, there is no Mitt Romney candidate this time around. Jeb Bush has, um, I guess, is the, uh, the one that had been thought of as, as having the best organization, but he has failed to catch on. He has failed to resonate with voters. His um, Unfortunately, his debate performances have been very tepid. Um, tonight's debate, though, again, I do think we are going to see something far different than we have. And I know I said this before the CNBC one. And, and I mean, was I lying? <laughs> we certainly saw something different than, than we had in the previous ones. But uh, we saw completely inept moderators in that one. Uh, regardless of what you think of the uh, the initial Fox debate, whether or not the moderators were too tough on the candidates, uh, I think that is now all water under the bridge. I haven't seen the hashtag fire Megyn Kelly in a while. You know what I would really love? Though? I would love it if the Democrats would actually appear on a Fox Network debate. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be wouldn't that be nuanced and interesting if they'd actually come on? And, and I'm not saying they've got to come on to like a Mark Levine or a Rush Limbaugh or you know some of our radio personalities or a Greg Williams as a moderator. But um, some of the you know the 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 news broadcasters on Fox, like a Brett Bear, who is looked at as being fair and tough, or Megyn Kelly, or uh, or or even Greta. You know, Greta was on CNN. She's got a little bit of an independent streak in her. She's an attorney. She'll be fair. She won't be closed-minded. But wouldn't it be nice if you could get them on, get Hillary Clinton on, and not have her being a puppet of uh, of the uh, the folks that, that want to hide all of her shenanigans, but have her on against somebody that's going to prosecute her. When you're up on the stage in front of Congress and, and, and Trey Gowdy did, a, did a, as good of a job as he could, but uh, I think people are tired of, of the Benghazi hearings, and so it's starting to fall on deaf ears. Although people are not afraid to latch on to any kind of calamity for a candidate, as evidenced by Ben Carson, and well, from what I'm seeing now, actually, the left is now trying to give Ben Carson the, uh, the Brian Williams treatment. Remember Brian Williams? 
not only lied, he just completely made up some of his experiences, kind of like Hillary Clinton did. Remember Hillary Clinton says she was shot at in Bosnia? Apparently there was a story that she tried to join the Marines back in 1975 or something just completely insane. And I haven't seen a whole lot of that except on... As the dog mascot? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I remember she was also named after Sir Edmund Hillary, even though he didn't... Yeah, that was great. Uh, Even though he didn't climb Mount Everest until six years after she was born. It was it Mount Everest that Edmund Hillary? I, my uh, my mountain climbing uh, trivial knowledge is, is a little lacking, I admit, folks. There's a lot to keep up with, and mountain climbing is something that I have been remiss in keeping up on. Um, she has lied through her her, yeah, her Her entire career has been built out of lies, and um, uh, I'm afraid that, uh, you know, if, if being honest... Being forthcoming with the American people is supposedly our standard, then she has no chance of delivering. At least Bernie Sanders is honest. He says, I want to have a 90% tax rate. <laughs> Remember Herman Cain's was called 999? Bernie calls his mine, mine, mine. 90% tax rate. But at least he's honest. At least he doesn't denigrate the memory of the four fallen in Benghazi. Which, by the way, David, we had uh, Chris Tonto Peranto on uh, a couple months ago, and we are getting really close to that January 13th release date for 13 hours. And I'm um, hoping we can get Chris back on the, the show before that. But there's been some uh, some news coming out then, and perhaps that will show people exactly, because uh, that movie is not going to be very flattering for Hillary Clinton. It's certainly not going to be the cheerleading episode that we saw at the CNN debate the other night when all five of the Democrat candidates, which Jim Webb has now dropped out and the other guy from Rhode Island has dropped out too. I can't even remember his name, but Lewis, what was the guy's name? I can't remember. Chafin? (laughs) He was so unmemorable. He used to be a Republican. Switch parties. Oh, okay. I'm dry, yeah, drawing yeah, a middle Yeah, Chafin. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I think we're messing up his last name slightly. But you know what I mean, right? Yeah. He's dropped out, too. So, basically, you have Martin O'Malley, Hillary Clinton, and Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden didn't jump in. They have pretty much cleared the deck for Hillary. I don't think... I, I, I do think Bernie Sanders, he kind of has what, what I would call, you know, Ron Paul support, where his supporters are extremely excited about Bernie Sanders, but he scares the rest of the Democrat Party because they don't think a 70-year-old socialist, which I guess is a good thing. Democrats even think that a 70-year-old socialist would have, a, would have a difficult time winning. So there's that. We appreciate you guys listening. I'll be in Athens, Georgia tomorrow night if you want to come out and join me at the University of Georgia book signing College or? Republicans meeting. Oh. Yes, I'll be signing uh, Barack Obama's book, Dreams of My Father. I will be doing my best forgery. Um, I'm going to sign my name, Greg Williams, so it won't really be a forgery. But it'll be his book because that will be about as fiction as the rest of the pages in there. We'll see you next week on Greg's List. Thanks, as always, for listening and tune in tonight. Should be a really good debate. I'm excited about it. We'll see you soon. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.